All right, uh, let's launch into our material for today. Got a ton to cover. So, eight years ago, on Mother's Day, I stood before a Polaris Christian church in our cinema plaza. And, uh, you know, as a church, we were, we don't talk about this a lot, but we were really struggling back then. And, and I spoke on behalf of the elders and leaders at Polaris and said, we're, we're, we're headed in a new direction, essentially. Uh, we believe that God is calling us to go all out for kids, to be a church that just lifts up kids, that does anything we can to help children understand their immeasurable worth, to understand and experience God's love. We know that God wants us to do this so kind of ready, go. We have no idea what that means. So that's where we were eight years ago. And then I look at what the past eight years have brought us, and I don't think we ever could have imagined that um, in that eight years, we now have between 60 and 70 families uh, sponsoring children in third world poverty. Some of you have actually even gone to meet the children you sponsor in third world poverty, making a huge Jesus difference in their life. We've helped get, in those past eight years, over five, or five churches started in Ecuador. We've helped get five churches started in Ecuador, and those churches um, specialize in reaching children in third world poverty. Our preschool, Rise and Shine, has more than tripled since then, and next year looking to be right around 200 kids, right? And we've added a kindergarten, and we are now out of a plaza into a building with fully renovated children's space. So it's like we told God, all right, we're up for it. What does that mean? And he then has just shown us such response to that uh, because we really didn't know, like, what, what does this even mean? And so uh, there, there are just these few times and probably just too few because of my own lack of faith and trust and responsiveness where we feel like God says, do this, and then we are obedient, and then you just see all this evidence of, man, that is right in the center of God's will. So these days, and in just the past couple months, I really, you know, as I pray and think about, you know, where is Polaris headed, and what does the future of my ministry look like? I guess you start to ask questions like that when you're post-40, like, where am I headed? Um, <clears throat> I, I feel like just the, the double down more even, all in for kids because it's exactly where God wants us and uh, it just God has done so much to show us that this is this is where we need to be in the center of his will so all I want to do uh, this morning before I hand the uh, hand the stage over to um, to someone who has been directly impacted uh, by her passion for uh, children I want to read uh, two verses. I'm going to call an audible Andy up in the booth, and I'm just going to read the, the, the Jesus verses, the Matthew and the Mark verses. Uh, this is from that talk from eight years ago, and this is why we do what we do, just so that we're all on the same page. I'm going to start with Matthew 18. <clears throat> At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them, and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives, welcomes, 
One such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin or stumble, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. So what's Jesus saying here? He's in this crowd talking about greatness and he calls this kid up. Imagine being that kid or if that was your kid. And he calls him up and you, I, I picture Jesus has him face the crowd. He's got his hands on the kid's shoulders. And he says, this is greatness. And when you welcome kids like this, you welcome me. And when you reject them or ignore them or hurt them, you reject me, you ignore me, you mess with them, you mess with me, the creator of the universe. And what I see here is God saying they are so central to his heart that he takes personal how we treat children. So what more evidence do we need? What more direction do we need as a church? Let's go all out for kids and know that in doing so, it's an act of worship. It's an act of obedience. And God is going to take it personal. We welcome them. We welcome him. And so we go all out and try to more and more and more and more. Now, one more verse from Jesus. And remember, if you say you follow Jesus, if you say I follow Jesus, then this is something that this is not an option. Like you have to live this out. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, bless them. And the disciples rebuked them. See, children in that day and time were thought of as almost subhuman. They were not to interfere. They were not to be heard. They were not to be seen. They were not to get in the way. And these parents, recognizing the power of God, are trying to get Jesus to lay his hands on their children to bless them like we would as parents. And the disciples rebuked them, saying there are more important things for Jesus to be doing right now than messing with kids. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. I love that this is our story about Jesus. He was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall never enter it. And he took them in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. Now that word there, indignant, that's rarely used of Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus does not get fired up. We don't follow him around and see him getting angry very often. And that word there is kind of like he loses his composure. He flips out. And he sees that his disciples are ignoring or sort of belittling, dismissing children. And he flips out. He cannot tolerate it. And he rebukes the big people that matter. And he gathers these children that everybody else felt like they didn't matter. And they're the center of his attention. And I look at that and I say, man, I'm glad that we have a God like that. And that's our model to follow. And it's been my experience that the more I, like the, the older I get, and honestly now that my kids can pretty much fend for themselves, now I'm more in like, like discipline management mode than I am in like, you know, um, making sure that, they, you know, I don't have to do a lot of self-preservation stuff. Um, you would think that I'd be like done with the logistics and the stuff like that. Of, but the more I find that I high five little kids and talk with little kids, and a lot of that happens during the preschool hours, it, it, it's just like, it just feels right. It's like, yes, this, this is what 
it's all about. And the more we do that as a church, the more we see that, yeah, we are in the flow of the universe. And so Shannon uh, is going to come up and share about her and a few of the ladies at Polaris experience uh, in Ecuador with children last summer and how that's impacted her life. And then we'll go from there. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Um, my name is Shannon Gerbershagen, and I'm very honored to be up here speaking with you today about something just so important. Um, a little bit of background about myself. I have always worked with children. I nannied all through college. Um, I taught in inner city Cleveland and then inner city Youngstown. And now I've been here for five years at Rise and Shine teaching the kindergarten program. Um, I have always felt led to serve and work with children, so I'm warning you up front, I get a little passionate, sometimes a little emotional <laughs> when I talk about some of these things, and I think that's because um, I look at children, they're so innocent, and that they're born into the world with inherited problems, nothing that they cause themselves, um, and they cannot speak for themselves sometimes. So I think it's, it's, it's just so important um, that we serve the children. Um, Today I'm going to tell you about a very special group of kids in um, Ecuador. I know that if I were to take out a map and we just throw a dart, we would find a needy child everywhere in the world. Um, and I know you could have one next door to you. I know that many of you already sponsor children, and I know that you're involved with mentoring here in Brunswick. I know that you help participate and support Love Kids. Um, and I thank you for all that you do. But today we're just going to talk about a very needy population in Quito, Ecuador, um, and talk about that. I had the pleasure this past summer um, going, June 3rd, so our one-year anniversary is coming up, with a fabulous group of women. Uh, we went to a school called Nuevos Amigos, where we um, were able to serve. And at that school... We fell in love. We fell in love with the kids. We fell in love with the school. And when I got home, I, was, I just couldn't think about anything else. And I was trying to, you know, really pinpoint what it was. And I think that what I figured out is that Nuevos Amigos is a lot like Rise and Shine, which is obviously my passion here, my job. Um, and that's because they're doing so much for the community. And it was God-driven um, for it, you know, it was a vision of someone that was open-hearted and open-minded to just listen to, to God's calling. And for here, it was Kathy Beebe. And in Quito, Mexico, or Quito, Ecuador, um, there were a, a married couple, Tony and uh, Tony Kay and Jim Schultz. And they just felt that they wanted to change the generation, uh, the better living circumstances. And so there started Nuevos Amigos. So both of the schools were just God-driven, and now they're growing beyond belief. Just like Rise and Shine um, sadly has to turn kids away because we're filled. This is now happening at Nuevos Amigos. And we can help, help with that problem there. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about the school and discuss how you can make an impact. Um, they had, when they started the school, five focus areas that they were committed to. And our team, we saw them in action, um, being, doing these things. These are very close to their heart and the whole philosophy of the school. First one was discipleship. Second was critical thinking, technology, English as a second language, and fifth was servant leadership. 
And they felt that these pillars, if they supported the school on this, could not only help the students, but it could change the community, um, which is true. It's happening. But I think the biggest impact of the school um, were the teachers and, most importantly, the counselors that we had met. Um, the staff was so dedicated to these students. It was amazing. Some of them actually lived in that neighborhood and were a product but got out of the cycle. Um, some of them even brought their own children to the school. Um, they really believed in the values behind it. Um, they did something that I feel American schools should adopt. <laughs> I really loved how they did things there. They had a, a school counselor, and she was amazing. And not only, you know, here you might meet with a counselor to do your classes and things like that. But this woman um, at the school, their philosophy was you can't help the child unless you help the whole family. So not only would they meet with the child, but they would meet with the whole family to resolve the issues. Um, drug and alcohol abuse are a big problem in the community. So if a child had an alcoholic parent, not only would they meet with the child to help um, figure out ways to cope, they would meet with the entire family. They would help them with their... Um, addictions, or if a child was from a divorce family, they would help the couple still come together for the children, anything like that. So it was a, it was a different philosophy, um, and it was a great system, and they had helped many kids with that. Laura Tibbs and I had an experience that I don't think I will ever forget. Um, we were at a dinner that they were hosting for us, and um, Laura and I didn't have a specific family, so we got seated with this family, and we were talking with them, and Laura and I thought everything was great. I mean, the dad actually had a job, and the mom was happy, the daughter was thriving, um, and we were really impressed. And then towards the end of the dinner, the dad started getting emotional. He had tears in his eyes, and he took Laura, Laura and I aside and explained that his life just a year ago was nothing like that, that um, he was a very heavy drug addict, um, that he was an alcoholic, and that he had a lot of issues. But because his daughter got into the school and because of the help of the counselor, he was able to change his life around. So by sponsoring one of these children, you are really making a huge impact, um, not only on a child, but on a family and the whole neighborhood. And he has continued to stay sober. So um, the next slide is a little bit about the church. The school is affiliated with San Pablo Church. They're actually connected um, on the same exact property. And... Um, it's an awesome partnership. They work hand-in-hand. Hand. Most of the students that go to Nuevos Amigos attend San Pablo Church, or some of the children might start going to church and then discover the school. It, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, we had an opportunity to be there. Uh, there were some things that happened throughout the week that we kept going back. Um, sadly, there was a funeral for one of the students, and it's just this church talk about community. They had it. They had it. Um, and they just were very supportive there. Um, and they do a lot to help the school. The next slide is about the community. Um, Quito, Ecuador is the capital, but this, where the school and the church are located is like a little niche within itself. Um, so that particular community is nearly 100 years old. Only 30% had access to drinking water and sewage. The average monthly income is $150 combined per household a month. 30% unemployment, 45% underemployment, excessive alcoholism, drug sales, 
unsafe streets, gang activity, uh, children being abandoned or locked in homes just to stay safe. Um, so this is the type of a community that the children are living in. But Nuevos Amigos and San Pablo Church do give the citizens there um, a, a hope and a place to be secure um, from these conditions that they're living in. When I worked in inner city, it was always a big deal when it was Friday afternoon, sending the kids home because you know they might not eat again until Monday morning. With this, it's really great that they also have the church involved and um, the teachers because, you know, they can kind of keep the eye on the kids 24-7. So I'm going to show you some pictures of the community. Um, here you can see a lot of the people actually lived on roofs. Um, sometimes they're just like passageways that people would live, not necessarily your four-wall type of a house. Um, you can go to the next slide. Here you can see a little bit more. Um, I'm sparing you the pictures of homeless dogs <laughs> because they were lined everywhere. But I do want to tell you that if you sponsor, you can even help the dogs. So I'm speaking to those dog lovers out there. You can really make an impact in more than just the child and the community. Um, and the other thing is, you can't tell in this picture, but for those of you that did the race yesterday, there is this hill. It's the steepest hill, and Ecuador itself is on this high, um, I'm not thinking of the word, but um, elevation, or elevation. And so it's hard to breathe to begin with. And this hill is pretty much straight up. And the higher up the hill you go, the poorer it gets. So, but that hill, if you did the race yesterday, it makes those hills look like nothing. So it's a big hill. Okay, uh, the next slide. I've talked a little bit about the community and the church and the school. I really want to move on to the children and about how you can make such an impact on someone's life. Um, I think the first thing that I would want you to know about the children, and the whole team would agree, is how blown away we were with their manners, um, their thought processes, how hard workers they were, but most importantly, their appreciation for everything. Um, and I mean everything. <laughs> you know, uh, we were surrounded in hugs or holding hands. Um, if we smiled at them, they just would smile back. I mean, they were the happiest kids in the world, even though that was their circumstances. Um, the thing that impressed me the most was that the church services there are over two hours, and there is no nursery, no children's ministry for the kids to go to, and the pews are pretty hard, not cushioned like this, and it was very hot, and um, the children never, I never saw one child cry or whine or complain, and they just sat there with their parents, and it hit me because it was in Spanish, and I don't understand Spanish. So I felt like a kid just sitting there, having no idea what's going on, and I felt like I was going to crawl out of my skin. And here's these kids <laughs> sitting better than I was. You know, I mean, that, when you'd see them in their class, they were like that. They were just so disciplined, um, and it was just very impressed with that. Um, and they will do anything, anything to show you their appreciation. Handmade gifts. Um, it was just genuine. The parents... Um, Worse, thankful is not even a big enough word. I mean, these parents just would take you and just not let go, and they would cry, and they would tell you, I can't thank you enough. And it's, it's just um, hard to think about if you lived in these circumstances and you had to depend on a stranger to make a child and your difference in your child's life, but that's what we're doing. Um, so 
I'm going to stop talking for a minute because I have a video, and I think it says more than anything I could say. So we can play the video. Padrino. Y ahí puedes ir poniendo todas las fotos que te traiga, que te mando. Un álbum para pintar. It's all like coloring. Ajá. She has another bag. Otra mochilita. There's more in the front pocket. Hay más en el bolsillo de adelante, dice. It's a Spanish Bible for her. Es una Biblia en español para ti. Qué lindo, So that video um, was of myself getting to meet my compassion child at the end of the day. Um, we were told we could bring presents, and she was that excited because I got her a Spanish Bible, and she could not believe that she was able to own a Bible, let alone Spanish, and that she could read it. Um, and I show you that because so many of you have compassion kids, and I just want you to know the background that, um, sorry, you cannot give up writing them because that child I almost didn't meet because of just red tape. And I had her for almost 18 months and I would write her all the time and I never heard back. Um, and I just was questioning if, you know, is there, what are they doing with my money? What's going on? And all of these things. And a long story, but I ended up there with her that day and you can see what a difference it made. Um, her family had no money. Um, the little girl, that the baby that they kept showing, that was her little sister who came and had one diaper. Like, so we went and bought diapers for her. I mean, it was a horrendous story in her life. But the first time I met her, um, literally she ran to me and she started crying and she just melted into my arms and didn't stop. And then she hands me the, these, these letters that looked like they were 100 years old. They were wrinkled, and they were um, dog-eared, and they were a mess. And she says to me, here's your letters. I sleep with them every night. So even though it seems so simple that you're sending money or that you're writing them, you are making such a difference in their life, such a difference. So she kept calling me her godmother because she believed that I was her other mother that God gave her to help her. So I wouldn't know any of this from a letter. I mean, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity, but I just say that to those of you that already have a compassion child or sponsor a child. 
um, you just, you got to keep writing them. Um, in this situation, I wasn't getting the letters because her community was so poor that they didn't have translators that much. They didn't have enough resources. And so it was hard for her to write back and it was not her. So, um, it's a, it's a huge impact. And the cool thing about if you were to sponsor a Nuevos Amigos child is that it's so easy to go visit them. <laughs> there were seven of us that did it. And um, there is just nothing like meeting one of your children that you sponsor and having that opportunity for you or for them. Um, so your impact is huge, but I also want to tell you what it did for my family because... Um, what you receive, just like giving, it's, it's tenfold back. Um, my own children think of these kids. We have two. We have Jalexi and we have a little boy named Stalin. They're both in Ecuador, but in totally different regions. Um, and I got to meet both of them. Um, and my boys think of these boys like our extended family. Um, and so much so that I got two emails from my kid or elementary where my kids attend asking if we were considering overseas adoptions, one from each of my boys' teachers. And I'm like, uh, no. And they were like, oh, okay, well, your kids drew a picture or they keep talking about these children. And here it was Jalexi and Stalin. So um, it's, it's really neat. Um, this past last week, my son was given an assignment in first grade that he had to think of his own service learning project and present it for three minutes. And he chose to do it on raising money for the water race yesterday and finding children, encouraging people to sponsor children. And there's really nothing like watching your seven-year-old give a presentation saying, help the poor. And um, his heart was in it. And I that's all because Mark and I just made a decision to sponsor a child. The rest, God does. You know, I mean, once you make that decision, your blessings come. And um, that, I couldn't think of anything that I'd rather really teach my kids. I mean, I'm an educator of reading and writing and math. And, but that's the true lesson in life that I would want. And I believe, as a teacher, they need, kids don't learn, like, if you say, oh, we gave money. That doesn't mean anything to them. But when they go and they're shopping and filling shoeboxes, like for Samaritan's Purse, or when you sponsor children and they have a picture and they receive letters and hopefully someday they would maybe meet them, that's real to them. And then they get it. So I feel like, um, to my family, it's so much more than uh, just sponsoring and writing letters. It's really impacted my kids in the way that they think. And for that, I'll always be grateful. Um, so in ending, this is an opportunity to welcome Jesus in a big way in your life. Um, your sponsorship commitment will help provide the child with in his or her community with school classroom supplies, teachers, spiritual nurturing, and protection. These kids can grow up knowing that you love them and help them reach their God-given potential. You can help stop the cycle of addiction in their community, and you can help provide them the education that moves past all of that. If you help sponsor, you can help them be in the Nuevos Amigos school. I know it seems very simple that you're just spending sending $40 and um, letters, but I hope that in sharing some of my stories, you know that you're doing so much more than that. Um, you really are changing lives, and that hopefully will have an impact for many generations to come. And I think if you're looking for a place to invest um, your treasure and your money, that this this could be it for you. Um, 
If you were to sponsor a child, it would be through an organization called Lifeline. Um, it's a reputable nonprofit organization. Kathy Beebe, Michelle Fetty, and I um, spent a day with the people. We know some of the staff members. It's, it's a trusting place. Um, I know some of you question where your, all your money goes, but this is a safe one. It's a good one. Um, and I just... Hopefully you will come check out some of the kids. But before I leave, I'd like to point out some friendly faces. If you guys want to wave, they have Ecuador hats, Ecuador t-shirts. They're going to be smiling and enthusiastic, helping you find some kids or tell you a little bit more or if you have any more questions. Um, We hope to have these kids um, in the lobby for a while, but you can register today, and we'd be happy to help you out with that. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Shannon. Just a, f- a few quick things to, to kind of close out. Um, I, I want you to know that I am just personally very protective of um, the causes that we bring up, bring up up here. Like I just, I don't want Polaris to be a place where it's like, give here, give here, give here, give here. And, and you know, many of you have asked about great causes, and you know that I, that I personally, as well as the elders, were just very selective because uh, I don't want this to be a place with overwhelming, you know, whatever every week because there's so many good causes out here. But for me, sponsoring children is so powerful that I can't help but say, hey, guys, consider this, pray about this, because, I mean, I've been there and I've seen it. And, and I've seen what happens when a child is informed that they are being sponsored. Because, like, one of the hardest things for me is, like, if you were to tell my boys, hey, somebody in Germany is going to write you and talk about uh, how great you are and pour into your life through letters, they would be like, oh, that's, that's cool. Can I go play Fortnite now? Um... So it's hard to picture, but, but, but there, when they're informed, and they, they already have the services, like they're already in the program benefiting from it, but now they get a sponsor, somebody from here writing them, the whole family falls apart. They are overwhelmed with, with gratitude and thankfulness. And, they, and she's right. I mean, they, I've seen it. They keep every letter in their safest place. They read them over and over and over. It's almost like a... Like, like the, 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 the cherished family heirloom. So, um, you know, I want you to know that, that if you already sponsor a kid, write your kid. Um, and I know that it, I know it gets to be, I hate to say it, but it's, at times it's like, oh, I like dogs. My favorite color is green. I like to play baseball. What's your favorite food? Like, it, I mean, it, it's, it's tough. But though it just means the world to them. So, so write your kids. And I also want to say one more thing. Um, some of you might be like, yeah, I'd love to sponsor a kid, but I don't have like the margin. I, I, can't, I don't have the extra 40 bucks. But, but I want to speak to those of you may, that are maybe there, and, and maybe Polaris is, your, is one of your causes, and you give regularly to Polaris. Just consider using some of that uh, to sponsor a kid instead. And... Um, and then don't feel guilty about that. Um, and I'm sure God is not going to like, you know, Polaris isn't going to sink because you took, you know, 40 bucks a month to send it there instead of here. So uh, just, you know, consider that. Um, uh, so here's what I want to do. We're going to pray and we're going to take communion. And, and I think communion um, can become uh, just a great focus moment to let 
God speak to you um, to sort of solidify um, and connect with whatever God is saying. Communion is um, also called the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist. It's a, it's a, it's a symbolic ritual that's taken place since Jesus was, was walking here. And he basically said, take some bread and remember uh, the bodily sacrifice on the cross and take some wine or we use juice and um, remember the blood that was poured out on the cross for us because God loves us and he's for us. And, um, and it's become this amazing reflective time. So we're going to pass these trays. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Polaris culture, if, you're, if you want to, if you are a believer in these things, then you can uh, take, take a piece of bread as it's passed and then take the cup and you can either uh, drink it and return it to the tray or drink it when you're ready and put it in the um, little cup holders in, in the pew. And uh, we're just going to sing during this time. Uh, so like during the song, when the tray is in front of you, you can be a part of it if you want. If not, just help us by passing the tray. Let's pray. Father, uh, we want to pray for every one of uh, the, the kids in Nuevos Amigos and pray that you would above and beyond provide for them whether here or abroad, that you would provide sponsors for each of them and that the lives of those sponsors and the kids would be changed forever because of that. Um, thank you for being the champion of children. Um, we praise you for your heart. Uh, in all of your might, you love the least of these and you are for us. In Jesus' name, amen.